You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This is episode 15. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast each week. If you haven't subscribed yet, we can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as SoundCloud. And don't forget our website, creativemasterspodcast.com. Just a quick heads up, there were a couple issues with audio dropping out early on in this episode, but we got them resolved, so don't worry about that. They're real minor, and it's a great episode. This week, we have photographer Austin Mullen. He's a really dope photographer and about two months three months ago or so he had posted on instagram that he basically sold everything that he owns and he's just traveling around taking photos and picking up work where he goes and that really caught my attention because i love seeing people just taking a leap of faith to follow their passion so he's been throughout mexico central america to bali to indonesia and up to alaska working on fishing boats and everything in between so it's a really dope story and it's really inspiring to see and i love travel so of course we talked about travel a ton as well so in this episode we talk about how he sold everything and moved to Bali. Ended up moving out of my place. I sold everything I owned. I ended up sleeping in my car for about a month and a half. And my other friend was actually kind of sleeping in the woods at the time in a tent, kind of doing the same thing, saving up for two jobs because in Colorado, the rent was ridiculous at the time. So we figured we could save more money. Then, of course, there's always a crazy travel story or two. So he shares with us how he had some problems crossing from Mexico into Belize and what he had to go through with that. Actually ended up getting kind of screwed over at the border of Mexico and uh, we missed uh, a bus that we were supposed to get on and we took a chicken bus which is pretty much an old U.S. school bus that's been converted into these like weird crazy transportation vehicles and we took one all the way into Belize City and it only cost three dollars or five dollars sorry. Then we get into creativity and what success means for him. I see for me it'd probably be being able to do what I love every single day no matter what even if it is really difficult we get into this his love for photography his first cameras and so much more so sit back relax and enjoy episode 15 of the creative masters podcast featuring austin mullen What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This week, we got a very dope photographer. We've been actually trying to connect for a couple months now um, for the podcast, but I've been following him on Instagram, and he's just really dope. He has a dope story from what I can tell. He's basically been traveling around, taking photos, and working where he's at, and everything like that. So, Austin Mullen, how you doing? Good, man. Really good. Just got back to California. Yeah. It's nice to be in some warmer weather again. Nice, because you're up in Alaska for a while, right? Yeah, I was in Alaska the last three months working on a fishing boat. Actually, uh, before that, I was in Central America, and I got a call from one of my friends and said he needed some help up in Alaska. Bought a plane ticket and went up there three days later. Very <laughs> dope, very dope. So um, for everybody who's listening, why don't you give you know just a quick 60-second, um, 90-second elevator speech of who you are and what you do, and then we'll kind of dig into your story. All right. Well, so my name is Austin Mullen. I grew up in Minnesota. Um, I spent the last seven years living in Colorado. I was uh, pretty much doing the ski bump thing, working at restaurants, 
worked at a golf course for a long time, which was really cool. And then the last few years, I decided that I was kind of getting bored and I wanted to follow something different, bought a camera, and pretty much sold everything I owned. And I had a friend that wanted to go to Bali, and we bought plane tickets to Bali and been kind of traveling ever since, just working where I'm at. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool because I'm like huge on travel and those experiences and just seeing different cultures and kind of gaining perspective on the world and everything like that. So I guess before we get into your travels... Let's kind of talk about the photography. Like, how did you, you said you just kind of got bored and bought a camera. So how did you go about deciding you wanted to, like, pick up a camera and start shooting? Uh, ever since I was younger, I had a pretty big interest in photography, but never really took it to heart and really wanted to follow it. I just really liked photography. Mm-hmm. And then uh, about a few years ago, I was kind of going through some crap and I uh, really wanted to do something different. I to actually buy the camera, and it actually worked out really well for me. I found a new passion and... That's pretty much how that started. It was really good. Gotcha. Yeah, I wanted to go to school for it and never had the chance to. And now I'm actually thinking about maybe going to school for some journalism to kind of take it to a different level of photography. I've always been really interested in photojournalism, which is what I'd like to get into in the future. Because mm-hmm. there's so much out there that I'd like to see, but it's kind of hard to do. But having a camera with me makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, for sure. And as far as that photo, uh, photojournalism, like what kind of stuff would you want to shoot? Would you like go overseas and do stuff or like more, you know? Yeah, yeah. Country, what, what kind of stuff interests you as far as that goes? I really like people and I really like showing the different sides of the world of people like all over the place. So pretty much generally, generally the same, but nobody really knows exactly like that side of life around the world. A lot of people get to travel as much and be really cool to get involved with some more kind of organizations where they take you into places and show you like let's see uh, last uh I was in in bali i went to this hindu festival mm-hmm. the family invited me in and it was like a traditional kind of ceremony they do every few months and i just got invited to it and almost nobody i know knows about hinduism so it'd be nice to show people that there's other things out there mm-hmm. other things other cool stuff like that so I don't know, I'm not really too familiar with photojournalism quite yet, but I'd like to get involved into it a little bit more. Nice. I, mean, I think you're still doing a good job. Like, I think, what's the <laughs> photos from a while back with Indonesia just showing? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those are, those are really dope as well. So it's, you, you said you're always interested in photography. Were you also always a creative person? Like, was there ever music or drawing or anything else? Or was it just something you just kind of like admired photography and then decided no, to eventually get into it? I've always been super creative, I guess. I've never really taken that outlet too much to heart, but I don't know really why. Back in high school, I was really interested in graphic uh, graphic design, which took ended up taking like probably 10, 10 classes in graphic design, and one of them I went on to do an independent study for like probably six classes after that. So I created my own independent study with graphic design, and I just kind of fall away, fell away from that because I was – it also involved in skiing, and that's why I moved to Colorado was to mm-hmm. kind of pursue skiing. And it was kind of hard for me to balance both of them, and now I'm switching it up and going back to my creative side. My mom is actually an author, so I think that's kind of where I get that part from. Gotcha, gotcha. What kind of uh, stuff does she write? Just uh, fiction. I haven't actually read any of her books, but I don't know why <laughs> I haven't. I hope she's not listening then. Yeah, yeah, she probably will eventually, but... But yeah, I've always had an interest in writing, and music is big for me too, especially when editing photos. I usually listen to a lot of different types of music, and it really helps me kind of put emotion into the photos as much as I can. 
Yeah, and do you find that um, just does like your background in graphic design as well as like your love for music helps you like with your photography as far as like influencing it and you know yeah burn creativity. Yeah. Um, for music, for me, I really like to show emotion in photos and photography. I know my Instagram doesn't show it as much as I'd like, but I have photos that I'm still working on organizing. And right now, I'm actually rebuilding my website, mm-hmm. which will probably be a little bit different than what my Instagram is. But music plays a big, big role in it for me. I like the emotional side of the picture. Mm-hmm. Deep, dark contracts and or contrast side. But yeah, it's music is huge. Yeah. I mean, I dig it too. And it, it's kind of the same with me, like my Instagram. Like I just pretty much accepted the fact that it's just kind of like a story of like, yeah. and I kind of like scroll back. Like now it's towards the end of the summer. So I like scroll back to like May or so. I'm like, all right, like I had a good summer, but it's like my Visco or my personal site is more of like my, I guess, portfolio, you could say. My Instagram, like from looking at it from the very beginning to now, it's definitely changed quite a bit, but I kind of try to keep a general theme to it. But I've got so many aspects of photography that I really enjoy. So I try to put it all out there at Mm -hmm. once with kind of keeping the general theme. But portraits are huge for me i really like doing portraits because you get to like connect with the person on a different level mm-hmm. you kind of bring out their personality in a picture so i try to incorporate some portraits into my instagram but right now it's mainly travel photography because i have been on the road for the last uh, close to nine months mm-hmm. and it's hard to find portrait work here and there gotcha yes yeah. i totally get it so um on the technical side, let's nerd out for a minute. So what was the first um, camera that you purchased when you said you bought that camera when you got into photography? See, the first camera was a Nikon D7000, and I remember having a uh, Canon AE100 like back probably seven years ago, and I took a couple like uh, film photography classes mm-hmm. in college, and that was what I really miss is film photography, but that's a little, a little too expensive right now, and I'd like to get back into film photography. Mm-hmm. So- I can, but yeah, the first digital camera I bought was a Nikon D7000, and the first film camera was a Canon AE100 or AE1. Gotcha. Yeah, I was reading something, uh, I think today or yesterday, actually, just about film photography. And I just always remember because my dad was kind of in photography like before I was born, and then like as I grew up, I would always kind of just see cameras like you know stashed away in boxes and stuff like that. And then of course, I mean, yeah. it was all film. You just take it to the you know CVS or wherever. But I, I feel that there's like a kind of resurgence of film photography coming back. I mean, obviously, there's like all the emulators, and, you know, disco and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I've definitely been seeing a lot more film photographers take more, uh, especially with Instagram. They're coming out again. It's mm-hmm. I think are liking the look of film and kind of the way it captures a moment better yep. than digital. I really like the graininess of film and especially online right now a lot of film is starting to come back out because there's a lot more technology used to be able to show film I mean you can scan it and put it online and Mm -hmm. but I I just love the look of it I love the emotion it captures I love the fact that you can have a picture right in front of you after it's developed and not just on your hard drive I like the graininess of it and the colors same area the saturation it just just the feel like it's like a silky smooth look I don't know it's just different from digital I think it's beautiful, and I'd love to get really into film because I don't know a whole lot about it, but I'm going to start shooting some more film here yep. pretty soon. I've kind of been toying with the idea of like picking up a film camera as well. and like, I mean, I'm kind of same with music. Like, I love vinyl, and my dad like gave me his whole vinyl collection, and I'll buy like awesome. albums that I really like, like new albums I'll buy on vinyl as well. So 
I need to get um actually I need to get some new speakers so nice. I can really uh listen to it. But uh yeah, so what are you still shooting with that Nikon or are you shooting with something different now? Uh no, I actually upgraded a few let's see, right before I left for Central America, I bought a Nikon D six ten, which is okay. full frame. Mm-hmm. And so the seven thousand was a, a DX, so it's crop sensor, and now I have a full frame. And I really enjoy that. I do miss the crop sensor, but full frame is really nice, especially for shooting landscape, which just seems to be what I'm shooting a lot of lately. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And why do you miss that uh, crop sensor? I, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem to get as distorted. Mm-hmm. And I only have a few lenses, so that I mean, one of my lenses isn't that great, but it definitely it's not as distorted, especially with shooting portraits. Mm-hmm. You're a little more personal with the person you're up close, but. I, it's kind of hard to explain. Like you have to take the two pictures and put them right next to each other, and you, mm-hmm. you can tell the difference. It really does crop out a lot with the with the the crop sensor. It kind of makes you work harder for your images with the yeah. crop sensor. Yeah, for sure. Because I shoot crop sensor too. I actually started like my first camera was I guess a year and a half ago. Now it was that uh, it was a Nikon D thirty three hundred, and nice. I, was like, I wasn't like sure how serious I would be about it. So I was like, I don't want to spend like too much. So I got that camera, then I started buying some lenses, and it was like, you know, a couple grand later, I was like, oh, like, I'm into this. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, yeah I did and then too. I switched to Sony, <laughs> so I got the uh, A6300 now, and I still use my Nikon a lot. I like doing, like, my little Instagram videos and stuff on my Nikon better, because just the, the focus yeah. ring is better on the Nikon lenses than on the Sony lenses. I've had a couple friends switch to the mirror, or to, yeah, the mirrorless, and I mean, it just, do you like it? Do you like your Sony? I do. Um it's allowed me to do i mean i guess if i would upgrade it to a a higher level nikon a lot of the stuff that i could have what i do now i could have done on that but i just like the smaller body the compactness and like i'm experimenting a lot more with video so just the 4k and all that kind of stuff yeah i have a really good friend from france that switched to sony just for video because their video quality is a lot better and he was shooting with canon but Mm -hmm. he does the low light on those just looks amazing yeah, it's pretty good. So I'm happy with it so far, but um, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it takes me. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, a little bit about travel because that's one thing that kind of stuck out to me when I came across your Instagram and started following you, and especially like when you you know you posted like oh, I sold my stuff. I'm going to South America or you know Central America and yeah. Alaska and stuff. So was travel always big for you in your life, or was it just something you kind of came across later on and was just like I just want to start seeing the world. It's always been pretty big. I remember back in high school, I took my first ski trip. I was uh, probably 15 years old, and I went to Vail with uh, one of my friends. It was a lot. He was 19, and he was kind of like my chaperone at that time. And my dad had made sure I wouldn't get into any trouble when I was out there. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first real experience with travel. And then after that, I ended up going to Oregon to go skiing in the summer a few times, and. I got my first car when I was 16 and drove it across the country a bunch of times. I would drive it up to Duluth from Minneapolis, which is a few hours, like mm-hmm. every other weekend to go ski with some friends. And I just kind of got addicted to moving around. Mm-hmm. And then right after I graduated high school, I moved right to Colorado to do some skiing. And it's pretty much just been a journey ever since then. I kind of felt like I got a little bit stuck in Colorado mm-hmm. for a while. And I wanted to start traveling more and more because, I mean, I was just... I was working two jobs just to pay rent and kind of do the whole, like, make sure you can ski thing. And it, it was awesome. And I love it. Don't regret a minute of it. But I really wanted to keep moving around and seeing some more things that I'm able to do now, which is a lot cooler. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but, gotcha. 
So, yeah. so when you um, decided to go down, you said your friend hit you up. Was like, yeah, he's going. He needs some help in Central America, whatever. So, what made you decide, like, all right, now's the time. I'm just gonna just go forward and go out and start seeing more of the world and shooting photos and kind of because I think you said too, you just kind of just find job, pick up work wherever you go. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. It. I kind of just wing it as of lately. <laughs> so tell me, like, tell us about kind of. Um, just like your thought process with that, and like what made you decide to just go and like wing it? Because I mean, even though you are winging it, I still think that takes a lot of guts to just go out there and be like, yeah. you know, I want to see the world. I want to do my thing. I want to, you know, shoot photos. I want to meet interesting people and things like that. So what's kind of like your whole thought process between behind all of that? So pretty much after living in Colorado that long, I started to learn how to live pretty frugally. And I figure that if I can save a bunch of money and get started, what happened was uh, my lease was up. Mm-hmm. It was coming to an end, but my job, I had had a seasonal job at that time, and uh, my friend really wanted to go on a surf trip, and I had talked to a bunch of people about Bali, and I was like, hey, man, let's just go to Bali. I've heard it's amazing, and uh, we ended up booking plane tickets probably about a month later, and uh, I had wor- I started working two jobs at that time to save up enough for the trip, and uh, ended up moving out of my place, I sold everything I owned, I ended up sleeping in my car for about a month and a half, and my other friend was actually kind of sleeping in the woods at the time in a tent, kind of doing the same thing, saving up for two jobs, because in Colorado, the rent was ridiculous at the time, so we figured we could save more money, mm-hmm. sold everything, and then we flew to Bali, and I we bought, uh, let's see, it was a two-month trip for the tickets, and I got pretty hooked on... So, uh, uh, sorry, Southeast Asia, just the food and the culture. Oh, yeah, totally. It was just a whole new experience for me. It was a lot different. I mean, we were ripping around on scooters. We were surfing every day. We were seeing different things, seeing culture, meeting amazing people from all over the world. And I got really addicted to it. And I wanted to figure out a way that I didn't have to go back and, say, sign a lease or just start working a 9 to 5 again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, came back and I was trying to figure that out and uh, ended up getting through a family friend that had a job lined up in Florida for a few months that uh, it was doing like just some landscaping stuff. So I went down to Florida for a few months and I worked under the table there. My buddy called me up and was like, hey, you want to go to Central America? Ended up <laughs> buying a plane ticket to Central. We flew into Mexico and ended in Costa Rica. And then halfway through that trip, my friend called me about Alaska And it just kind of seemed to roll out that way where I could keep doing this and Mm -hmm. keep traveling. And if I can find work, I can find work. It's nice. Like it's, it's, it takes a a lot to be able to do it. Cause I mean, I really don't exactly know what I'm doing at any given point of time, Mm -hmm. but it's been working out. You just got to stay good mindset. And I've ran out of money twice and literally had to find work. So (laughs) that's it. (laughs) So yeah, you said, you said a lot of good things I want to touch on there. So before yeah. we kind of get into like every country that you went to and things like that, because I definitely want to like hear about your experiences, maybe like an experience or two in each country. But you said of having just the, the right mindset and and everything was like working out. So, you know, I mean, even when you work a nine to five or you're in school or whatever, like a lot of people, they think like they can't do something yeah, or like yeah. it's not going to work out. So kind of, explain to me like why you have that mindset of like it's, it's positive it's gonna work out it's always worked out so far as opposed to like oh, i don't know about this i'm just gonna go home and get a job like what's the, yeah yeah can you touch on that a little bit yeah so i mean i've worked all kinds of jobs like 
pretty much my first job. I was working at a strawberry farm picking strawberries. I was 12 years old. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I've worked at coffee shops, restaurants, golf course. I just felt like I was kind of not living up to my potential of what I really wanted to do. I've always been creative and I wanted to kind of follow that a little bit more. And in order to do that, I think I literally had to just get rid of everything and go Mm -hmm. for it. Hope it works out. And I mean, it gets, it gets frustrating at times and it gets pretty damn scary too, Mm because I went up to Alaska and it's pretty much rolling the dice if you're going to catch fish or not. So it's an ultimate gamble. So you don't really know if you're going to make money or not doing that. Mm -hmm. But you just got to trust that whatever happens, happens, and you can make it work out. I mean, I don't have really anything holding me back. I am not in the lease. My car is paid off. I mean, I have very few bills. So pretty much all the money that I have goes into photography and travel right now. Nice, nice. So let me uh, let's touch on like the places that you went to and everything and kind of if you have like a cool story or two or like something that you learned that kind of just gave you more of like a worldly perspective from the places you went. So like you went to Bali, like what was something that kind of stuck out to you about, you know, I know you said like the food and everything, which I'm sure is amazing. But like what else kind of stuck out to you about Bali uh, when you went there? Just how friendly everybody was. It's such a great, great culture. It's uh, they're Hindu mm-hmm. and I don't know has anything to do with the fact that they just literally love everybody and they're so accepting of everybody so you can pretty much just go anywhere and people will help you out like they, i we didn't really have any problems with crime while we were there mm-hmm. uh we went to the place from this lady that took us around and showed us everything we met a bunch of little cool surfer surfer kids that hung out hung out with us the whole time we were there it was just a great time i mean the the craziest part about Bali is the traffic there. I mean, it's like, if you've ever been to L.A., it's like L.A. And I've never really ridden a scooter before, so I just got thrown right into it. Pretty good at ripping around on motorcycles because they had dirt bikes back in Colorado, so they weren't really too nervous. But, I mean, sometimes you get into a sketchy situation on a scooter out there where you can literally die. Like, I went into the wrong lane, and there's a a semi coming at me and you just have to whip right back into it. There's, you don't understand the road signs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, I would never, I used to live in LA, so I would never ride a scooter in LA. Like that would be crazy. So <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, when you went, you did a whole Mexico and Central America trip. What all, what countries did you hit on, on that trip? You said you started in Mexico and ended up in, uh, Costa Rica, yeah. you hit Guatemala as well. And what else? Yep, we flew into Cancun, and we stayed in Mexico. It was me and my friend Chris, who I've known for a very long time, and he was just down to start some traveling, had never really done anything like that, and I was really keen for it and decided to get a plane ticket, so we flew into Cancun, and uh, we didn't really exactly have a plan, which I don't like, but now I really like doing things without a plan. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, we flew into Cancun and took a couple buses, stayed in Tulum and Playa for a few Mm -hmm. nights really cool ended up at this cool lake right at the border of mexico and belize called lake bacalar and it was it's unreal i can't even describe it there's a few pictures of it on my instagram it's like crystal clear it's uh translated called the lake of seven colors and when the sun hits it right it literally shows seven different shades of green which is really cool and then from there we actually ended up getting kind of screwed over at the border of mexico and uh we missed uh, a bus that we were supposed to get on and we took a chicken bus which is 
pretty much an old U.S. school bus that's mm-hmm. been converted into these like weird, crazy transportation vehicles. And we took one all the way into Belize City, and it only cost three dollars or five dollars. Sorry. And how long of a ride was that? Uh, it was about five hours, and uh, if we had taken the right bus, it would have only taken forty-five minutes. Oh, <laughs> so crazy, crazy bus. Yeah. Were you ever pretty- like? concerned about i mean i know i guess the cartel sells more like along the border and stuff like that but were you ever concerned with like any of that stuff no actually not at all i was before i went there because i've heard some stories down there and i didn't really know what to expect before i got there but once we had actually got there and started traveling it was really good everybody was really helpful i mean the border patrol places screwed us over a few times Mm -hmm. uh when we, actually, when we made it into Guatemala, we had to take a bus through Honduras and El Salvador, and it's like, say, 13 hours or so, mm-hmm. usually. The tour guide that we bought the tickets from ended up screwing us over, and we had, were on like a 36-hour bus, and I got really sick. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, that, that just kind of happens when you travel. You just kind of have to like, expect something bad to happen and just go with it, because you know, it's still better than working at a job you hate even though you're on like a a bus right now about to throw up and (laughs) it's still an experience and it's really fun yeah for sure i mean anytime i go to like the caribbean or mexico or anywhere like that it's always i always end up getting a little bit sick somehow so (laughs) i guess this kind of comes with the territory um so yeah so how was like those different countries like guatemala you said uh guatemala belize and all those like what what kind of did you learn from those countries and their culture let's see i'm not very good at spanish and i kind of picked up a few phrases here and there and i i learned that i really need to learn spanish if i want to go back there because yeah, you yeah. get around pretty easily but guatemala was my favorite part of central america it's more adventure travel mm-hmm. it's a lot different from mexico and belize you're kind of in the jungle and you're it is a the whole area is just covered in mountains and jungle and volcanoes mm-hmm. near there. So we were, we went to a few places, a place that I'd really re- recommend going to. If anybody wants to go to Guatemala, check out this place called Samuk Champe. You're in the jungle. There's a couple great hostels out there and there's this, it's like a, a river that separates into like probably 10 different pools and it is crystal clear. There's a huge waterfall, and you can hike up this hike called the Mirador Hike, and it overlooks it, and it is straight down. It's like something out of this world. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. In Guatemala, it is just pure adventure travel. If you're looking for a beach, <laughs> go to Mexico. But if you're looking for doing something crazy, go to Guatemala. Nice. I'm going to have to add that to the list. I know my fiance is not really big on like that kind of stuff, but I probably got some homies we can probably shoot down there, and uh, they'd be they're always like down for like hiking and, and all kind of stuff. So maybe we'll uh, have to check that out because that sounds like super dope. It's just probably the photo ops is ridiculous, I'm sure. Oh, it's crazy! The whole place is just so photogenic. The people there are extremely friendly, mm-hmm. which is cool, and the food is amazing too. That's part of my favorite part about traveling is food. Just experiencing anything that you can that you've never had back home. And it's all really cheap too, which helps out a oh, lot. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Your, money, yeah. your dollars go a lot uh, further there than you know here. Or really some does, other places, yeah. yeah. So, um, so when you got back, you went to Alaska, and uh, so tell me because you said you were fishing up there. So, kind of uh, break that down and like what that experience was like, and you know what the fi- working on the fishing boats and all that kind of stuff was like. Yeah, so I got back. Uh, 
I got flew back into Colorado and I was going to actually start working at my other job that I had worked in the summer, which is at a golf course. And I didn't know if I really wanted to do it or not. I was kind of hesitant because I was really, really stoked on the whole travel thing. I didn't know if I wanted to stop and settle down again, but a friend called me and it kind of happened to be like a perfect timing. And I'd, I'd known him for a long time and uh, bought a plane ticket up. Uh, flew into Anchorage, and then where he was out of is called Homer, Alaska. It's like southeast Alaska. Mm-hmm. So I flew into there. He picked me up, and we spent a few weeks working on his boat, getting it ready. And I never really – I had been on – I grew up on boats in Minnesota, but I never really spent a, like, a lot of time on a boat, and I've never done any commercial fishing, so I had no idea what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the first day we went out, it, the, the water was really rough, and – I was freaked out because I was like, is this going to be like this every day? Because you're on the back of this boat and there's a net that comes in and it's pretty heavy and there's two people. There's one person stacking the corks, which is the top part of the net, and one person stacking the leads, which is the net that sinks to the bottom. And I was stacking the leads. Mm -hmm. And you have to do it. It's really easy once you get the hang of it, but I really didn't know what I was doing. I almost fell off the boat a few times on the first day and I was kind of freaked out, like thinking, what did I get myself into? Why am I up here? Yeah, yeah. It's raining, but ended up working out really well. Um, th- there wasn't a whole lot of salmon this summer. I'm not really sure why, but uh, hopefully next summer there will be. But it was a, it was cool. I mean, you you'd lay your net out, and then the captain of the boat would drive it out, and it's a quarter mile long net, and wow. uh, you, you make a uh, like a, a hook kind of in the net. And then you leave it open, and you have this thing on the back called a plunger, and you're, like, smacking the water with it because it scares the salmon to go into the back part of the hook of the net. Mm-hmm. Then you close it up, and then when you're closing the net up, the bottom of the net purses, so it closes the very bottom of the net, and bottom of the net, go, it's, uh, I think it's 40 feet deep, and that's what keeps the salmon in. And then they all show up at the very end when you get the whole net into the boat, and you have to pull them in and dump them into the boat. And it's it's fishing, so you don't know if you're going to catch fish or not. Mm-hmm. So there were sets that we would make, and we would catch 100 to 200 salmon, and then there would be like four or five times in a row where you don't catch a single fish. And it's really exhausting, too. So you're like all bummed out when you're not catching fish. Mm-hmm. And then we catch a good set. You're like, this is awesome. I just made made some money. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, though. So, um I mean, it's pretty cool because, like, you're basically going up there and, like, you're having these crazy experiences and you're learning new things. And then at the same time, you can still, you know, tap into your creativity through photography, things like that. Because a lot of those photos you're posting, like, it's like what you see on Instagram when you see, like, all of these crazy trees, like, with fog over the top of them and stuff. It's like, was it like, was the weather, like, always like that? Or was it, um, did it, I mean, what was the weather like up there? So the first week or two I was up there is like 65, 70 in like bluebird skies, like sun every single day. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, you're, the, the mountains shoot straight up from the ocean. So you're, you're at sea level and the mountains, I think, are around like 10,000 to 12,000 mm-hmm. feet. So they kind of just shoot straight up. When I first got there, there was a lot of snow on the mountains. By the end of the summer, it melted. Mm-hmm. But it was sunny for the first few days, but then the majority of July and I'd say beginning of August, it was rainy and foggy and uh, around probably 50 to 60 degrees every day, which oh, was wow. really, it was pleasant, but coming from Central America, I was really used to the heat, and so mm-hmm. it was pretty cold. 
but it, it was cool. It rained a lot, so you have to get used to kind of dealing with uh, the bad weather, especially if you're not having a great day fishing or you're, like, overly exhausted. The weather can play a huge role in your, your attitude and your mood. Mm-hmm. But I personally think that the photography side of things when I was up there, the bad weather really, really helped because it brings out mood in photos, and I'd never seen anything like it. So I really enjoyed that part of the, the weather just for my photography yeah, for sure. And it's, it's interesting how the weather, I mean, I, I definitely know how the weather can like affect your mood, especially like in the wintertime or when it's cold and like not a lot of yeah. sun. But it's like, it's interesting because like once I got into photography, like the this, this fall and the winter haven't been so bad because you can get different types of photos. I know the feeling, man. It's awesome. You know, so it's kind of interesting. It's like, oh, well, like it's today it's like raining and a little foggy and it's, you know, 50 degrees, but I can go out and shoot something that's going to look super dope with some in nature or something. So it's interesting yeah, how it kind of changes your perspective. Yeah, before I had a camera, I never really realized that until now. And so I try to utilize all aspects of weather mm-hmm. just because you can change the photograph by just the weather. Bring yep. out the mood, right? Same here. So um, let's talk about just creativity and like social media um, these days, because obviously, you know, a lot of people, they pick up a camera and it's like, oh, I just want to, you know, have a million followers and post on yeah. Instagram all day and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't get that sense from you and every photographer that I actually had on here so far on the podcast. I don't really get that sense from them either. It seems like it's more about the love of the art and sharing their experiences yeah. and things like that. So how do you kind of approach social media when it comes to your photography and kind of like the balance of like still sharing your story but you know not trying to be like i guess thirsty for like followers and likes and things like yeah. that. yeah so i had actually never really had a facebook until a while ago and i just got one solely for traveling just because you meet so many people mm-hmm. and instagram i always i loved instagram just for the fact that you can see other people's photos and it's just solely for photography it has nothing to do with really any kind of aspect of like Twitter, Facebook, and statuses and all that. So yeah, yeah. you'll see a lot more different types of pictures and you can kind of go with that. But for me, I, I like Instagram just because it allows me to put what I'm thinking out there on my Instagram. And it's just, it's an outlet for me to show my photography, whether or not people like it or not. So, I mean, this is awesome that you're actually doing this with me right now, but I mean, for me, it's just for me. I just mm-hmm. like my photos and having them all lined up like that because since i don't shoot film i can't really see them other than on my computer mm-hmm. so instagram for me is just big just because I, I like photography yeah yeah <laughs> i love the art behind it and i love seeing other people's art and how other people perceive photography yeah i mean instagram has been huge for me just like in the creative space of just being like motivated and um inspired um i guess i should say because it's like i don't really I don't follow a ton of people because like basically when I scroll on my feed, I want everything I see to be like really dope and really inspiring. So, yeah. That's exactly the same thing for me too. Yeah. So it's like, I, I almost use this like a tool. So it's like at any point of the day, it's like, I mean, and if friends, like I have some friends, like I've unfollowed and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I don't, I mean, I haven't hit them up and said, I'm sorry, but if they're listening, like, you know, I'm sorry. You just haven't been posting anything that's inspiring, you know, memes and stuff. I don't really care about. So, it's more of like just being inspired and, and kind of knowing like what's possible with photography. Cause it's like, I'm still learning. I'm only like a year and a half into it really, even though I've always had a love for it and you know, yeah. was on Tumblr really heavy, like from the beginning of Tumblr, just always looking and saving dope photos and stuff. But 
now that I'm really learning, I just like use it as a tool for like inspiration. Yeah, that's exactly the same thing for me too. Uh, There's a couple of really dope uh, film photographers that I follow right now that they're mainly portrait work and that I just absolutely love the way their, their photos come out. And so for me, Instagram is a big inspiration source, especially with a few people that I follow. Mm-hmm. And then I do, I have a ton of people on there that are just like friends and personal friends too, but mainly it is for uh, inspiration for me and just seeing my photos out there and posting what I like and what I like to see. And it's just, it's an outlet for me, which is really cool because I never really that before and instagram is a way to kind of have a creative release other than just having your photos stacked on your computer you know yeah certainly do you ever uh get your photo any of your photos printed uh yeah i've actually printed out a bunch uh, i'm actually looking at two on my dad's wall right now um a couple from san francisco mm-hmm. yeah you- I, I was kind of scrolling your uh I was i scrolled all the way to the beginning of instagram today and i had saw that one um that was so dope that said uh, if there's a no trespassing sign, that usually means it's a dope photo waiting or something. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. It was raining, and yeah. I just snuck in underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it's a beautiful photo. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. No, that was fun. I had never been to San Fran before that, and seeing the Golden Gate Bridge when you're right next to it is totally different than seeing it at a distance. Like pictures and stuff, yeah. <laughs> so that's really that's really cool. So. Me personally, like I'm, I'm really big on having like a growth mindset. So um, I'm always like reading books or listening to audio books or podcasts or articles or whatever, like scrolling Instagram for inspiration or Visco for inspiration and things like that. So what are the things that you do or some of the things that you do to um, kind of grow as a person? Like, is it, you know, reading books? Do you journal or, you know, not only as a person, but like as a photographer as well? Um, I say for me, going out and trying to shoot as much as possible anywhere I'm at all the time, having my camera on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was first learning how to kind of yeah, post-process images, I would watch countless hours of YouTube videos, tutorials. I mean, YouTube is amazing. You can literally go to school for free on there, yep. which is really cool. So pretty much just shooting constantly, always asking for advice from people around you that are shooting, especially if you have other friends that are shooting photos or photographers or anybody who's just an artist in general, just asking advice and never be afraid to talk to somebody about if you don't know how to shoot this or shoot that or if you need help with like an angle here and there. But usually it's just generally what you see that makes a photo so cool. But yeah, I always just just always trying to learn, always trying to get myself out there shooting pictures which really is big for me because sometimes uh, i do get lazy <laughs> yeah, yeah. which kind of does so yeah i get it i mean I, i'm the same way so like i always try to pretty much like during my week monday through thursday like in the evenings i always try to do something so like i'll try to shoot a video even if it's just like i was shooting a video earlier just to test like just features or just editing techniques or whatever yeah. or i'll go out and just I'll walk like I've read something a while ago is like if you live in a certain area and you always shoot that area like to kind of go out but have a have an objective of how you can shoot something differently so you start yeah. looking for different ways and it's like even now when I'm out and I don't have my camera on me and I'm just like out hanging out it's like I'm looking around like okay that could be a dope photo that could be a cool <laughs> photo and stuff like that so I know the feeling. I whenever I don't have my camera on me, I'm always looking around me, seeing like, "Wow, I wish I had my camera." <laughs> that's yeah. a cool picture, and that, that's the cool thing about just life around you too. It's mm-hmm. 
everything can be a picture. You just kind of have to look at it in that mindset, especially even if you're not a photographer, just kind of enjoy what's around you, which is awesome. And that's what's helped me with photography too, is just anything can be a beautiful picture no matter what, which is cool. And let me ask you, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I mean, I know definitely for me, just like having, like kind of developing my eyes as a photographer, like even when I don't have my camera, like I just kind of see the beauty in things, even if it's like a random thing that I didn't really see before. Is that kind of the same for you or? Oh yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I'll, I'll be at the same place a couple times and not really notice it was a picture until like the third time I go there and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, how did I not see that before? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, everything around me is, uh, I try to pay attention, especially, it's hard now, or we'll see, let's see, I'm in California right now, and I usually, when I'm in California, I try to go up to Oceanside, and there's a cool pier out there that I really like, it's uh, full of culture, there's a lot of really old cars, I mean, there's a great wave there that everybody surfs, Mm -hmm. every time I go there, no matter what, there's always a cool picture that comes out of there, and it can be, it's just different every time, and so I love being out there, and shooting that yeah for sure and california just has a real uh photogenic sun sunlight yeah, to it so it's it's really yeah. cool it always just reminds me of like growing up and seeing like all of the movies in the 90s and it's just like if you saw a movie that was filmed in cali yeah. you're just like that sun just looks amazing yeah and so. it's uh usually always sunny today it kind of wasn't but it's <laughs> mostly sunny here all the time <laughs> yeah pretty much all the time except for june when, it, when that june gloom rolls in but other than well, that but even that, you can make a great picture out of June Gloom. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So um, one question I always ask all the guests that come on to the podcast, and this is basically on the subject of um, success. So, you know, for the longest time, there was always just like this mindset or like thought of success as a big house, big car, you know, a yacht or whatever, whatever. But then it seems like more in recent times, people have been kind of redefining success for themselves and their own happiness. So... What is your definition of success and how have you redefined it for yourself? Yeah, that's a, let's see, for me, it'd probably be being able to do what I love every single day, no matter what, even if it is really difficult, mm-hmm. just being able to get out there and shoot. I mean, even if I don't make any money off of photography, being able to do it and just working towards that, if it's working at, on a fishing boat or if it's working at a golf course, as long as I'm able to take pictures and create art and just have fun and be happy and travel and mm-hmm. make lifelong friendships. And that for me is success. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It's all about doing what you love. And it's just like, you know, I mean, I, I think even look, that's why you kind of inspired me and, and I followed you. And then I hit you, you know, I hit you up to be on a podcast is because it does seem like you're doing what you love. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you got love for travel, you got love for photography and just meeting people and, seeing different parts of the world so you know that's really inspiring and then it's also just it's just cool to do what you love and just to know that like sometimes you didn't know if it was going to work out but it did work out and kind of gives you the confidence to keep moving forward and and pursuing your dreams so um that's really dope uh, it's big as long as you if you have something that you want to do just do it i mean if it doesn't work out try again that's i mean as cliche that as that is it really it's true (laughs) yeah for sure I totally agree. So um, I had a question that I, I missed, but I wanted to ask you just about the whole, um, you know, when you sold everything and you just kind of hit the road and started traveling. Was like minimalism ever like a thought in your mind or was it just, you know, you just it's like, I just going to sell my stuff so I don't have to keep up with it and go travel? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always lived a minimalistic lifestyle. I've never really had a whole lot. I have, let's see, back in high school, all I really cared about was skiing. So anything that I would have would go straight into skiing. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I've always watched people around me have way too much of what they don't need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and for me, being able to just to get out and travel with less really helped and i had always kind of had it in the back of my head that i wanted just to get rid of everything mm-hmm. the only thing i haven't gotten rid of yet is my car and i'm about to <laughs> but, but yeah it's worked out really well i'm um let's see i'm heading down to nicaragua here in a few weeks and then after that back to indonesia and selling everything was the best decision i ever made that's just Awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been, uh, you know, I've, for the last, uh, say, four years, four or five years or so, like, I've really been, like, reading up on, like, minimalism and kind of putting stuff into practice. And it's like when you let go of certain things, like, it does simplify your life and it does. Really does, yeah. Save, you know, it saves you time. It unclutters your mind, like, especially when it comes to just even space, like, my living space. Like I like to try to keep things as neat and possible as neat as possible and minimal as possible because it helps me like in my creativity. Yeah, exactly. Kind of opens up the mind for, you know, your mind for thoughts and stuff like that. For me, not having a whole lot allows me to focus on everything around me too, Mm -hmm. which is really helpful for my photography. Yep. That way I can just pursue what I want to do without having to worry about, everything else like i had a lot of bills and you know now i don't have that many and i i don't really technically have a home (laughs) which is kind of cool and i'm gonna try to do it as long as i can i'm hoping to go work in australia for a little while i met uh, a cool cool guy that owns a coffee shop in london i might go work out there so pretty much uh the opportunities are kind of endless once you just kind of give everything up and hope or know that it's all going to work out yeah, certainly. What uh, part of Australia are you going to go to? Um, I'd like to check out Byron Bay. I have a few friends down there. Sydney, I've heard, is really cool. Um, I want to check out Perth, which is northern Australia, I believe, mm-hmm. and hopefully spend at least a year there. I mean, a work visa isn't too hard to get, and you can work and travel there at the same time, and they really encourage that there, which is really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely got to get to that side of the world, like there. Like I heard New Zealand is just amazing. Yeah, I've actually, up in Alaska, I met uh, this girl from uh, England. She's going to work in New Zealand for the next six months and have a few friends I've been to New Zealand. It looks amazing. (laughs) Someday I'll meet. I mean, they like film Lord of the Rings there, so that tells you a lot alone, you know. You know, the closest thing to New Zealand, I think, would be Alaska. That place is incredible. (laughs) And that's the United States. So how long did you fly from L.A. up there, or what what part of the country did you fly from? We were from L.A. up to Anchorage, and it was about six hours. And oh, that's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. It's direct, too, which is really quick. And then it's an hour time difference, just an hour behind. Behind L.A.? West Coast time? Yeah, West Coast time. So right now it's 5.15 here, so it'll be 4.15 there. Gotcha. That's not too bad. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and, and sharing your story. Like I said, it was like really dope and inspiring to see like someone just be like, I want to go travel the world. I want to go take photos and I'm doing it. So I definitely appreciate you coming on. But why don't you let everybody who's listening um, where they can find you at on the Internet? Yeah, definitely. So my Instagram handle is Austin Mullen Photo. If you guys want to check me out, I'm usually somewhere fun doing something crazy. So if you want to follow me on that it'd be great if not then no big deal and i also have uh, my facebook page which is awesome on photography 
And uh, I do have a website, and it is currently being revamped right now, so it is down for the next few weeks. But that is AustinMullenPhotography.com. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate it. And everybody who's listening, you're listening to Creative Masters Podcast. This is Nobody Famous. Until next week, peace. So there you have it. That was episode 15 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Austin Mullen. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of it. I know I did. And it's always really cool to just see and hear people's perspective that they gained from traveling around the world and what they learned from it. So I really enjoy talking to Austin. As usual, I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Nobody Famous as well. You can follow Machine Masters at Machine Masters on Twitter and Instagram as well as MachineMasters.com for all your music production courses on how to mix master write songs all that kind of good stuff also if you guys would hit up itunes and leave a review and rate us we would greatly appreciate it until next week this is nobody famous peace